0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Sports Radio 670, The Score, WSCR in HD Chicago, WBMX HD2 Chicago, always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: It's time for the Gabe Ramirez
2: show on 670 to score. You got guys like TA stepping up, tying the game up. Then, you know, you take the lead, you go into the ninth, and you're saying to yourself, okay, this is this is that narrative that happens where the team that's supposed to win wins, and they're supposed to beat these bad teams. And then all of a sudden it's like, walk, walk, walk. Avoid shrooms at all costs.
1: (laughs) This is your brain. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs.
0: Oh, has Colorado stepped up to shrooms? Yeah. Like, now that there's so many other <laughs> cities like ours that is legal, they're like, okay, so we're not the cool state any-
2: only state it anymore does. that is weed. Exactly. So we're shrooming yeah. now. Good luck, Illinois. Right.
0: I have eaten some mushrooms. Magic mushrooms? I am hallucinating. because Oh, yeah. Go your neighborhood in the air. If you don't care.
2: 6.70 to score. Happy Wednesday. Yes, it is, Gabe Ramirez. 6.70 score. And I feel like I made it where I got an intro that discusses nothing but shrooms. That's awesome. That's how I feel. Mom, I made it, baby. Talking about shrooms in the intro. Uh, it is Gabe Ramirez live and local. Uh, broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by our local Hyundai dealers, of course. The Cubs just knocking off the Cincinnati Reds 15-2. to on the, their final game of the season, taking their victories to 74. So if you bet the over on the Cubs wins this year, which I'm sure you didn't, even as a Cubs fan, I'm sure you bet the under, uh, but just like Vegas, somehow, some way, they, they 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 always know what they're doing. And sitting at 74, it lost a lot of people some money uh, with this last victory of the season, 15-2, to two, uh, facing Cincinnati. They won uh, their last four out of six against the Reds. Nine out of their last 10 in September. So the Cubs playing some pretty good baseball in the second half of the season. Adrian Sampson was on the mound today, only going two and two-thirds, giving up two runs, uh, three strikeouts. Had like a little issue with his leg, seemed like he uh, couldn't necessarily plant, so led the the way for Albert Azaleh, um, who came in, pitched two and two-thirds. But it didn't matter who was pitching because the Cubs put up 15 runs, so – uh, again, they take the victory against the Cincinnati Reds. Next time you're going to see them, all the way in spring training. Isn't that crazy? We've made it to that point in the year where there's no more baseball. Like, th- these days, th- the final days of the season is always a sad one because reg- if you're like a super fan, if you are a real Cubs fan or a Sox fan, you say to yourself, damn, it's a long little stretch without some baseball. But you know what? Football is here, and we get to talk about our Chicago Bears and joining us so that we can talk about them right this very moment on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He covers the Chicago Bears for the Chicago. Sometimes, of course, we're talking about none other than Pat Finley. What's up, Pat? How are you?
1: I don't get any sort of shrooms intro.
2: Hey, man, if if that's the kind of guy you are, I could send something to your HR department. Even though it I'm is
1: sh- absolutely not. For the record, <laughs> it is absolutely not the kind of guy I am. You see how I try to throw that in there quickly, Pat? I was
2: just like, <laughs> I want to make sure that we're right. Ne- neither am I, Pat. Mom, neither am I. But my producers, they love me over here at 670 to score. Um, let's just jump right into it. I want to talk just first of, uh, 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 and foremost about the game on Sunday. Um, obviously, you and I haven't had a chance to, to discuss this one. It was... I feel like feelings are all over the place on this one, Pat. I mean, some people are 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 obviously down on, on on Justin Fields. Some people feel like there was some progression there. Some people are happy about the effort. Where where do you stand as a whole um, about this game last Sunday against the Giants?
1: I think there was a little bit of progress made, but I think the progress was small enough uh, that it's probably not worth getting excited about. Um, you know, you had the deep ball, the Darnell Mooney there. You had you know a season high in passing yards, but you also had Justin Fields uh, not seeing receivers who were open uh, deep down the field, not seeing uh, checkdowns in the flat when they were there, and just out seeming out of sorts in the pass game again. It was a version of what we saw in Week Three, which was a version of what we saw in Week Two, <laughs> Week One. I, I mean, Week One. I'll throw that out because there was right. you know, because of the weather, but you know, it was it was a little better, but not nearly where it needs to be. Now, I, you know, you mentioned people get passionate about this. You know, there seems to be two two camps, one that says let Justin cook and the other that says Justin's not very good. I think both of them are right right now. Mm. I, I think the Bears need to give him an opportunity to throw and give him an opportunity to grow. But he's not making plays either. So uh, they got to meet halfway somehow.
2: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, you're watching the games, and as a fan, not even – as, like, you know, someone that has to be out there to argue. But just as a fan, you're saying to yourself, geez, you know, 11 for 22, let's just look at the last game. It just doesn't cut it. Like, you you would mm-hmm. want there, him to be at least, like, at least 15 for 20. Because that's what, that's what my argument is with a lot of people, Pat. They're like, oh, well, they, what would you want it to be? Okay, you know what, you're right. Let me take a step back. I would love it if, if you would have been 15 for 22. Okay, well, he, there was a bunch of drops. Well, yeah, well, that's what happens throughout the course of a game, You right? There's all these things that, that happen, but Justin Fields himself – can make it a little bit easier just like what you were saying with a couple of check down passes just to make that completion percentage a little bit higher to give some of your skill guys, you know, like like Ibra was saying, an opportunity to make plays. The issue is when you're doing screen plays to that skill guy and that skill guy is called Komet. Knowing damn well your tight end isn't going to break one off for 60 yards.
1: Yeah, I I like it. I mean, that middle screen has worked this season already. I think Komet took one up the middle. Uh, Last week or the week before, I didn't love that call on third down, obviously. And and we can sit here and talk about, you know, when you say skilled position players, you know, you got to use that term loosely. I mean, (laughs) the Bears have Darnell Mooney and Cole (laughs) Komet and and David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and the rest are journeyman guys. uh, And they're guys who aren't going to blow a game open. That doesn't mean they can't be successful if the quarterback throws the ball, you know, when he's supposed to and, and, and in the situation he's supposed to. But, you know, they do not have these explosive pass catchers. And, you know, you look ahead to Sunday when they're playing the Vikings. Hmm. Justin Jefferson, he might be the best in the world. A receiver right now, if not, he's on a short list with Cooper Cup and a couple other guys. Um, You know, this is the first time, really, that Bears are going to see what the other half lives like when they've got a receiver who uh, can just blow the top off the defense and change the game. We saw Debo Samuel in week one, but Debo is kind of a hybrid running back and you know in four inches of rain nobody was doing anything Mm. uh so that's that's how i would argue that you know the other point is this is you ask what you know what do we want to see out of justin justin hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one why don't we do that why don't we start there let's start with throwing a touchdown the bears went something like 23 plays in the red zone without calling a pass between week one and week four why don't we trust him to throw the ball uh you know in the red zone and why doesn't he reward that trust by throwing a touchdown. What? That'd
2: be nice. Let's start there. I agree. I, I, I firm, wholeheartedly believe in that. I mean, I, to me, it was, you know, when I was looking at this game, Pat, I was saying to myself, okay, this has to be a game where Justin Fields at least gives some of the yay something to argue with. And, and then I started with two touchdowns. Throw, throw me two tutties so that I feel good <laughs> and I can go talk to my friends and make an argument for you, Justin Fields, and or at least buy yourself a couple of games of, of mediocrity, you know, in there. But... But you're right, that, that seems to, to be an issue. But, again, it's like, who is he going to be throwing it to? You know, who, who is he? Is, is it Equinemius St. Brown? You know, you're getting Nikhil Harry back, hopefully, you know, if not this week, the next. But, but, you know, when you hear about some of the quotes that they're saying about Nikhil Harry, right, where, where, where Darnell Mooney is saying, you know, I, I'll give it to him 100 uh, out of 100 times if you throw the ball to Nikhil Harry in the red zone. I mean, that's some high praise there.
1: I, I Slow down would be my response right. to that. <laughs> right, to right, right, right. remember the Bears traded for him in July and they traded uh, to the Patriots literally the least amount of anything you can trade to anybody, which is a seventh round pick two years in advance. So this was a low risk bet that they made and a smart, I, I thought it was a smart bet because he's a former first round pick. He's got good size, he's got that pedigree. You know, if you're going to take a, a, a risk, this seems like a good guy to do that with that. You know, that said, he's not going to come in and save the day. I mean, you know, and, <laughs> right. and to expect him to would be silly. This is this is a guy who hasn't been able to practice with Justin Fields for what? Two months. Yeah. I mean, how is it? I mean, the timing, it just isn't going to be there. And even if it is, <laughs> even if it is there, you know, can you expect him to play a lot of snaps? You know, I, I would be surprised personally if he played uh, in Sunday's game. Just because I think it's hard to get caught up like that, and you know, you look at Bayless Jones, the receiver who had gotten hurt and then returned uh, for or ret- played his first NFL game on Sunday. He didn't play often, period. And you know, that's because he wasn't caught up there. So you know, maybe in a week or two or three, both of those guys can help. But I don't think you know if your definition of well help is on the way are those two guys. Uh, that's still not a great receiver room, even if they both you know turn out to be helpful.
2: You get a Halloween shriek if you if you say that those are the two people come and help you. Eek! Oh <laughs> no! This is what it is. Uh, this is Pat Finley from the Chicago Sun Times uh, covering the Chicago Bears here on six seventy. The score on Gabe Ramirez. All right, before I go to the defensive side of the ball, I got to talk about Tristan Ebner because I mean, geez, we're already one running back down with David Montgomery. I'd love an update on him. But in the event that Herbert goes down, I have zero faith in Tristan Evner. I watch him play. For me, it just, he just doesn't do it for me. I don't know if it's – he just looks like a super slow-mo kind of a guy. I know they were really high on him, but is there a way you can convince me that the Bears will be all right in the event that something happens to Khalil Herbert?
1: No, I think he's fast, actually. I think that's the thing he has going for him. And, and you know, the question is whether he can run between the tackles. I don't think we've seen that yet. One of the things we liked about the David Montgomery-Khalil-Herbert combo was that they could run similar stuff and they had similar running styles. And, you know, if one of them got, to, you know, you could ride David Montgomery and then, you know, when he gets tired, you could ride Khalil Herbert and it's the same stuff. Ebner's a little different. So, you know, in that regard, um, you know, in that regard, Edner is not going to ever, I think, I don't think he's going to blend into the offense as seamlessly as Khalil Herbert did off the bench. Hmm. If he's the only running back there, um, I would imagine a lot more outside stuff, a lot more speed stuff, going there. Now, if the Bears have two running backs get hurt in a matter of two weeks, then they might have bigger <laughs> problems than whether and Evner's any good. I mean, it you know it might be, you know, <laughs> then then they might actually be forced to throw the ball uh, more than half the time. And you know, I would argue, and or I could argue, and I think I will, that giving Justin Fields that opportunity to throw. A lot um, will help Justin in the long term. But, you know, I don't blame the head coach or, or his assistants for trying to win every game. You know, and if you look at the second half of the season coming up, there are going to be games that they will have no prayer in. Yeah. And maybe they can throw, maybe they could throw in those. But, you know, as long as you're playing the Giants and the next week the Commanders and the week after that the Patriots, these are games that in theory will be close. And, and I think they're going to do all they can to try to win the game right now, even if it doesn't help Justin long-term.
2: It's tough, right, Pat? Because just like last year, the assumption was Andy Dalton would play, start the beginning of the season, and then if things went haywire, you could put in a guy mm-hmm. like Justin Fields. And the same yep. narrative exists except we're you're replacing Andy Dalton with the ability to pass and you're saying, you know, Hey, in the beginning, we're just going to do our best to work everything in the system. But in the event that the crap hits the fan, then you're right. Let's just let it go. Hey, we really do need to see what we have in Justin Her- or excuse me, Justin Fields. So let's go ahead and throw the ball 30 times and see if he can hit 65% completion percentage or, you know, work on his accuracy or, or get better with the dump offs or something like that. So I could see, I could see that being the case, but man, they need to do something because because I've said it too pat in these first couple of games where there have been instances in early on though first end of the first quarter, beginning of the second where you said to yourself as a fan hey you've you've established the run I understand that's what you were trying to do you've established the run now it's time to build some confidence in your young quarterback on that second and eight second and nine, you see the bears running a lot in those long down and distances, but you you would love for him to be given the opportunity to put the team on his back and see what you got there in those moments of second and long.
1: Yeah, I think he'd love it too. But, you know, (laughs) the Bears coaches, uh, (laughs) we can only presume that they don't trust Justin entirely, given what place they call and when they call them. And, you know, I mentioned the red zone stuff. I mean, the Bears are really good running football team and it makes sense in the red zone to turn around and hand the ball off but not at the rate they were doing it especially when you need timing and accuracy in the red zone to be successful so you know all we can do is presume that from what they see from you know Monday through Saturday the Bears coaches are making decisions that they think you know will help them the most and that decision a lot of times is to take the ball out of Justin Fields hands that doesn't bode well for the future and it doesn't bode well for Justin's development either
2: yeah, because it's easy to run between the twenties. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, that that got you down the field. Awesome. There was a ton of space. They weren't sure what you were gonna do, and you know, Khalil Herbert made some great moves. But when you're in the red, when you're in the red zone, you got you got to mix it up. You can't. I understand you want to do what got you there, but unfortunately, you know that's not that's not working. So you got to try something different. Uh, Pat, before I get at you out of here, I do want to talk about ask you one question about the defense. It, it seems where I thought the defense would be playing significantly better than last year. It just seems as though the lack of pressure by the front four is really hindering this Chicago bears team. Would you agree or or is there something else that I'm missing?
1: I think the pressure is okay. It's the lack of sacks uh, that is, that is uh, giving them trouble. Yeah. I wrote about this last week, so this doesn't include the giants game, but I think they pressured it. Maybe the fourth or fifth best rate in football. And and that's counting sacks, knockdowns, hurries, all that sort of stuff. But they were in the bottom quarter of the league in sacks and, you know, Man, we saw them chasing Daniel Jones yeah. around the other day and not really able to get him. So they need to get home on those sacks. But, they, you know, the real thing they need to do is they need to stop the run. They're the worst run-stopping team in football right now. Uh, and if you can't get them in the third and long, you know, good luck trying to sack them. You know, that's that's the hang-up right now is that, you know, the Giants, the Texans, you know, these aren't world-beater teams, but these are teams that have been able to get into the second and short and third and short. And then they have options, and then the Bears can't just pin their ears back and try and go sack the quarterback. So I'd start there. Uh, the other thing, too, is they are facing in the Vikings an offense that is um, worlds ahead of, you know, what they saw last week or what they saw mm. the week before. Um, and, you know, maybe you know, and the pressure – I think they can pressure Kirk Cousins, but I just think that they are so much more dangerous um, that you know the Bears are going to have to hold the line on every single play because you know Justin Jefferson will get you, Adam Thielen will get you, Dalvin Cook will get you, Alexander Madison will get you. Oh my God! Uh, those are a lot of pretty good players. The, yeah. the Giants, <laughs> quite frankly, the Giants and Texans don't have players like that, short of Saquon Barkley, and uh, you know the Vikings might have three or four.
2: You got to keep Kyler Gordon away from Justin Jefferson as far away from him as possible <laughs> is what I'd say. Hey Pat, thanks for hanging out with me as always, man. I appreciate you jumping on the show.
1: Hey, no
2: problem. Have a good one. Pat Finley from the Chicago Sun-Times joining me here on 670. The score, of course, is Gabe Ramirez. Live and local on your radios on a Wednesday, trying to make you guys feel a little bit better about your 2-2 and Chicago Bears. But how do you feel about them? How do you feel about your Chicago Bears? I'm going to open up the phone line. Sean, let's open up. Let's crack these lines open, man. You got it? That should be like a a sounder for that, like a crack or something. Uh, You can text in as well. 312, 644, 67, 67. This is a good question because you're probably on the fence the same way I am. Are you happy or are you okay with this two and two start? I was talking to my cousin, he hated it. He said, I wish we were 0 4, closer to that top pick in the draft. I said, No, these are grown men. Jalen Johnson said it. The development can happen while you're winning. But how do you feel about this two and two start? Are you happy? Are you upset like my cousin? 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local, right here on Chicago Sports Radio
0: 670. The score. Yeah, Pam, please clear my phone lines. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees. 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. ctmobile.com Okay, clear. Make a call any second.
1: It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
2: My dad will be proud right now with this intro week. music. <laughs> Go ahead, hit me with that clip. My bad. Keep on loving. And I think this past week was the only you know, week we really didn't do what we wanted to do in the red zone, but um, just execution from everybody on the offense. And that's basically it. Once we get that, then we'll be good. Keep on loving. Do you even know this song, Sean? I know this song, yeah. yeah. That's the way it goes. I put
1: this song in the thing. Come on, man.
2: Okay. Your parents raised you right. Yeah. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 the score. Justin Fields talking about how they can turn around the lack of red zone success. It's brutal, bro. It's bad, man. It's bad. The, the, the worst part is the worst part is you, you listen, I, I hate. I if there's one thing I hate, is listening to all the angry guys on the radio. Because all they do is complain. It's like, dude, that that's 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 pat on the back instead of kicking the butt here, and that's all I hear is is kicking the butt and people complaining about this whole thing. But you, but there's, but there comes a point where you can just look at the offense and like, you know, imagine, imagine your mom who doesn't watch football, right? My mom, she watches occasionally. So let's let's use my mom for example. My mom could watch the damn Bears game and just be like. Ay Dios mío, but oh, son, why do they keep running the ball? So like my mom would yeah, be able dude. to point that out.
0: It's never good when your mom's going to full Tony Roma on the yeah. broadcast. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And she's
2: just like, ah, I you know. Say, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> You're just like, I know, mom. I don't need you telling me the same thing, too. I'm trying to be pop, Captain Positive here. And it's hard. I just. <sighs> there were some times when you would watch Jake Cutler and he would throw an interception and you would say to yourself, I just, me, I would say to myself, at least he threw the ball down the field. I was tired of watching Bears quarterbacks on third and eight throw a a, a five-yard out. I was tired of watching that. So, at least he would get the ball. It's okay. Oh, interception. So what? At least you threw the ball down the field. Because I know you're a good quarterback. I know what you're capable of. And you trust your wide receiver, and you trust your arm, which are two key components to being a good quarterback. So, for me, I'm not saying Justin Fields sucks, because I'm not there yet, right? But – But for me, it's like, dude, inside the 20, like when was the last time you saw just like some slant route where Justin Fields throws a dart and it just hit? Like, come on. Even that Gwinnemey St. Brown touchdown pass when the coverage was broken against the Niners was a play where he had to, like, the safety wasn't where he was supposed to be. But what what happened to putting somebody in the red zone, just plays that you see other teams make and you just wish that the Bears could do the very same thing. And we're opening up the phone lines. 3-1-2, 312, 644, 6767. Jose, going to you in a second. But, you know, Nikhil Harry is supposed to be coming back. It's like Pat Finley said. He's a seventh rounder. He is not going to be the answer. But it's cool to have another weapon. It's cool to have another weapon, another tool in the toolkit, right? So they asked Justin Fields, like, what does he think specifically? will work with Nikhil Harry, and it's good to hear from the quarterback himself. Just reps, you know, communicating with him, how he runs routes, you know, what I'm thinking on certain leverages
0: of DBs and stuff like that. So basically just just reps and, you know, just being on the same page as him.
2: Get your ass on the same page as somebody. For real, though, right? You're trying to get it with Darnell Mooney. Trying to get it with Cole Komet. Is that jugs machine available to throw some balls? Seems like Mooney's catching those just fine. <laughs> to get more guys out there doing that. All right, let's go to the phones. Jose, out in Aurora, you are ready to give up on Justin Fields, right?
1: No, I'm not ready to give up, but this is what's going to happen, Gabe. They're going to get a top three or four pick, so here's what's going to happen. When they get the two or three or four pick... Justin Fields got to show right now with the games that he's got left that he could throw, that he could hit the open guy, even if it's a five or four yards and keep getting the first down. He's got to have games where he's throwing over 200 yards. If he's going to show that he can't do that, then either in the top three or the top four pick – they might, have to, they might have to go after another quarterback. But if he has a year where he's throwing, okay, the rest of the way and they're still losing and they still get the third or the fourth pick, then you go get the receiver. That's one of those two things are going to happen, Gabe.
2: I hear you. Jose, thanks for the call, man. I, uh,
1: it just sucks,
2: man. It sucks as a Bears fan to be in this position. It's like the socks. Like, it sucks to have to be looking for a new manager. If you're the Bears and this doesn't work out, it just sucks to have to go try to find a new quarterback. And I heard somebody making the argument the other day, hey, Bears should go get a veteran QB instead of you know trying to draft the younger guy. I was, I was all on board with that. I'm all on board with that. But then the realists came out and said, yeah, but what aging quarterback is going to leave their situation to come play for the Chicago Bears? You missed that train with Russell Wilson, and even if you got him, you see that he's just – you know, part of the mushy middle. He's not some elite quarterback that's going to change your franchise. And that's what Jared Judy and Corlin Sutton, and I know Javon say, Williams just got hurt, but the point is, I don't want to be in this situation again where I'm drafting a young quarterback or the Bears are drafting a young quarterback and I got to fall in love all over again. I'm tired of this. I want, I, I want it to be Justin Fields. So if we get a top three pick, top five pick, you know who I would love to waste it on? An offensive lineman. Let's win the trenches. Let, let's, let's have a team where that happens for the very first time, where, where, where we have an offensive line where we can have anyone running behind it. When was the last time the Bears had that? When was the last time the Bears, you know, it's just, you just get in those situations where you're saying to yourself, God, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Changing the narrative, and I feel like that's where we're at right now. Where I feel like there's a good foundation there. Let's continue to go to the calls, man. I'm all depressed. Three one two six forty-four sixty-seven sixty-seven. Tom out in St. Charles. So how are you judging Fields? What are you using as a mechanism to judge the guy?
1: Hey, I'm I'm doing really good, but it seems we've already given up this season to judge whether Justin Fields is gonna make it or not. So I say from every fourth and two from now on, you know, beyond our forty yard line, and for every touchdown, the two point plays, let's give this guy some frontline practice, right? Yeah. I hear Go it. for it every time. Fourth and two, you know, two point plays. Go for it every time. Get him in there every time. I hear you. Give him the opportunity. If this is
2: your guy, I mean, that's been the theme for these last couple of phone calls. If he is your guy or not, give him the opportunity to prove his worth. And if on your fourth and twos, obviously you got to be in you a know, certain particular field position to do that. But in 4-2, see what he got. He can, he can do it with his legs. Get him on a bootleg rollout, even though they've been staying home on that a lot because they know that's what the Bears are running. But give him an opportunity to create, either with his legs or a nice little dump-off pass to the tight end, even though that hasn't been working much lately. Let's go to Jay out in Chicago. Let's go to Jay out in Chicago. Um, so, Jay, you're basically what I was just saying about that play action, you feel like it could be a little bit better.
1: Yes, um,
2: it's like everybody can see it. Defense sees exactly what's going on. So hide the ball every time you,
1: uh, whether you go play action or whether you pass it to the running back. Everybody see it coming.
2: Yeah, and so what, so what do you think the Bears should stick with that or what are you trying to say here?
1: I'm trying to say they should stick with, that. They should stick with the running game and the passing game, but they should hide
2: the ball so the defense can see when they go on play action. I agree with you right there. and Jay, I'm glad you brought that up because people think I'm crazy. You know, before, so I'm at, I'm at B, and I'm trying to make the transition over here. You know, I do Fox, and, I was on, and you know, you got your pipe dreams, things that you really want in life. And I was talking to some of my friends that are former Bears players, and I said, do you think there would be a need? Humble brag, humble brag, low key. No, humble brag would have been saying their names. That's true, that's true. <laughs> so I didn't drop the names, at least. Some, some of my friends that are former Bears. And I said, do you think there would be a need for a nonverbal communication specialist on these teams? Because it's not just football. It's baseball. It's basketball. I think a lot of like, everybody's looking for those little advantages, right? And what Daniel Jones did exceptionally well was hide the ball on those play actions. And the week before, when we were playing Houston, Mills did a piss poor job at faking it. And who, if I can think back as a, as a fan of the NFL, who are some of the best? Brett Favre. You know what he did? He would fake the handoff, and Aaron Rodgers started doing this. He, he, he would actually hand the ball off and then make the throwing motion without the ball in his hand. Why? Because even if you gave your running back that two-tenths of a second from, your, from that free safety or that strong safety or that linebacker from being able to get into and fill in that gap, if you give your, your running back that little bit of advantage, it makes that big of a difference. And the nonverbals come in with, I know I got a break, wide receivers and how they get off the line. Right, DBs can focus on that and watch what they're doing. Vice versa, you could look at that. My 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 biggest point of emphasis in basketball was the pump fake. If you can teach somebody, hey, this is your this is your shot. When you pump fake, look, you only put the ball up here. That's why you didn't get that defender. If you put it up just two more inches on that fake, it can then look like anyway. They all told me that I was. Delusional, and that there was no space for that in sports. (laughs) Dude, I thought the same thing about Daniel Jones. That's what sold those keepers, man. So good, he was so good at it. You got to hide the ball. You got, it's like anything. Every motion has to be the same in order to create that repetition. That repetition in order to create deception, and that's what that is. It's just like gambling in poker. You want to call the same way. You want to raise the same amount. You don't want to deviate from anything because you don't want to give any tells away. And the same thing will be true in sports. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The score. More of your favorite sports teams on the other side. We'll give you a recap on the Sox and Cubs, how they finished the season. And then we'll chat a little Bulls preseason basketball before we bring on Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, live and local on Chicago
0: Sports Radio 670 The score.